right, I'm joined by Emily Richter, our family law expert. We have a discussion this morning. Thanks for joining us, uh, Elmery. We are um, talking about the numerous articles in the news about Annan and his, uh, his uh, spouse, uh, the disputes between them, etc. Annan is, of course, so-called glam guru, very well-known in South Africa, uh, does makeovers, etc. Has a television program as, as well. Um, so, yeah, um, obviously we don't know all the facts related to his relationship and his disputes and his divorce, etc. But I thought maybe it would make sense just to have a general discussion about the relevant principles and maybe give, a, give some advice to our um, listeners and, 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 and viewers. So my first question to you, Almarie, is um, what is the effect of an extramarital affair? on a divorce. In this case, there are also allegations then that, that one of the two were not faithful, etc. So what is the legal consequence thereof in terms of a divorce? Okay, well, an extramarital affair will not necessarily have an impact on the divorce matter. Um, the affair will obviously be one of the reasons for the irretrievable breakdown of the marriage. And um, I think it's just important to mention that in today's divorces, it's no longer necessary to um, wash dirty laundry and to point fingers who did what wrong. Um, so an extramarital affair will not necessarily have an impact on a divorce matter. So you won't sort of be punished if you now add the extramarital no. affair. You won't lose a lot of rights because of that. No. So who's to blame the sort of not really relevant anymore from a legal point of view? Well, there the is an step. exception to um, being punished. Now, a uh, forfeiture claim is a principle in our law where one spouse will ask that the other spouse do not claim anything or waives a certain claim, forfeit a certain claim in respect of the divorce because they will unduly benefit if the claim, if they proceed with a claim. Now, in a forfeiture claim, the court considers the miscon misconduct of one of the parties. And of course, extramarital affairs can be considered as misconduct. Um, that's not the only consideration that the court will um, bear in mind when um, looking at a forfeiture claim. But in that instances, an extramarital affair can, to a certain extent, be punished. Um, but in general, no, there's no punishment. There's no claims for damages if you had an extramarital affair or that type of things. Um, in most divorce matters, it is merely the one of the main grounds for the irretrievable breakdown of the marriage relationship. I'm also right in saying that the courts these days quite readily accept that the match has broken down irretrievably. So you don't really have to prove that anymore. Uh, I think in no. the old days, they sort of, did an investigation and the court sometimes wasn't convinced that there was an irretrievable breakdown of the match and then you had to sort of convince the court of that but these days yeah. they don't have these that days, approach anymore. No, um, you still have to give reasons why um, you say that the marriage broke down irretrievably um, but the court also accepts that it takes two parties to make a relationship work and if one party are convinced that this relationship's over, I'm done, I no longer love this person, the court will accept that, that there's an irretrievable breakdown of the marriage. Um, that's also one of the reasons why you cannot force someone to stay married to you. Um, if one party is convinced this relationship has broken down, the court will proceed with a divorce matter. Can 
persons of the same sex get married in South Africa? Is that legal? Yes. Yes, it is legal. And they get married under the civil unions. Right. And then the rules and respect of getting married are in principle the same as yes. with heterosexual couples. Yes, it's the same and they have the exact same protection as heterosexual couples. Okay. Um, maybe also your advice on disputes of this nature. In this case, I understand there are also allegations of assault and there were also charges laid by one of the two um, persons involved. Uh, what is your take on that? Well, um, there's a lot of animosity and conflict in a divorce matter. And divorce matters can take a long time. So um, often things happen like assault or um, verbal abuse. That's often one of the circumstances in divorce matters. And then people act on it by, for example, getting an interim domestic violence protection order with the intention to get a final order at the later stage or they go to the police station and they lay a complaint of assault. And um, that remedies are available to our clients. You know, if you are being abused, if there's assault or whatever the case may be, there's remedies available to you. I do, however, want to advise the clients not to, not to act out of, not to be spiteful. Um, just go to the police, lay a complaint of assault. We have to remember that there's consequences to these type of complaints. Um, if it was a once-off occurrence, I don't say you have to just leave it and let it go. Um, you have the remedy to approach SAPS and lay a formal complaint of assault. And you have the option of going to the domestic violence court and to obtain an interim protection order to protect yourself from being abused. But um, this is processes that that's often abused by clients in divorce matters. We often see, you know... Um, one wrong word and then I go and get a protection order um, on the basis of verbal abuse, for example. And my advice is that clients should just consider the consequences of these type of actions that they take and, and the complaints that they lay. Um, for example, you know, if, if there's actual abuse and there's, um, you are actually intimidated, you fear for your life, you, there's this possibility of harm, oh, then definitely um, go to the court, get a protection order to protect yourself. If the abuse was of that sort, go to SAPS and lay a complaint. Um, but never do it out of bitterness or just by merely being spiteful because if I lay a complaint, I have this sword hanging over his or her head and then they will comply and um, consent to all my settlement proposals, for example. That's not the, the viewpoint that we should have with these type of matters because... An assault charge is serious, interim protection orders and protection orders are serious, and we should remember that when we deal with divorce matters as well. Maybe we can just uh, give a couple of comments on getting a family violence interdict. Obviously, that's often part of the divorce dispute, etc., and that process is also used and, as you said, abused in yes. that respect. But it's obviously not just limited to the divorce. Uh, it's actually also quite easy to get a, yes. such an interdict. Yeah. Maybe you can just explain what processes sort of follow. Well, first of all, I'd like to mention that you don't need an attorney to um, go and obtain an interdict. So the process is quite simple. You can go to your nearest magistrate's court office. They have a specific office or court designated for domestic violence and harassment. There you will obtain a form and you will complete the form. 
saying what happened, who you are, who's your spouse, or who's the person in the domesticated relationship. You know, it can be a mom, it can be an uncle or whatever as well. It's not necessarily only limited to spouses. Um, you then complete the form to indicate to court what acts of domestic violence occurred, for example, verbal abuse or physical abuse, even economical abuse um, is one of the options. You complete the form telling your side of the story, and then you will um, go to the magistrate. So the clerks of the court, they assist the parties um, very well. They will then take you to the magistrate. The magistrate will read your application and consider whether it is necessary to give you an interim order. And if so, they will grant an interim order. With the interim order, they will give you a, a return date on which you have to come back to court again. That order will then, that interim order, after you've obtained it and you left the court, you go to the police station. They will serve it on the um, respondent in this matter. And once they receive the order, the order is in full force and effect. So on the return date, the other party um, will now also have an opportunity to state his or her case. So well, that's why it, it there's a return date. Sort of, yes. So, they can so there's a return date in order for both parties to have the opportunity to say what happened, to state their case, to defend themselves, and then the court will grant a final order. But the interim order, like I said, is in full force and effect as soon as, as it's served on the accused person. Um, and if, if that person does not comply with the order, if they continue to harass you and stalk you and wait outside your workplace or whatever the case may be, then you can call the police for assistance. Um, and, and they really assist our public members very well if there's protection orders issued. So why is it necessary to get an interdict? Because the interdict simply states which that person or something that that person in any event is not allowed to do. I mean, you by law in any event not allowed to abuse someone or assault yeah. someone. So why get the interdict? Well, the interdict is a form of a protection where you can, you know, if I call the police today, if I don't have an interdict, and I call the police and tell them, my husband is um, fighting with me or he's waiting outside my house. Yes, they will come and they will most probably mediate. But if I have an interdict, they know the seriousness of it. They know that a court has already made a decision in respect of the allegations that are making. It's not a um, mere allegation saying that, oh, I'm afraid now. The court already applied its mind. They already considered and they decided that I need the protection because there's this possibility of harm. So um, the police will quickly act on on that interdict. I just want to mention these interdicts, they come with an obligation. You know, um, the obligation is on you to actually um, report if someone's not complying with the order. Um, no one will know if your husband is still beating you up at night or your wife is still um, stalking you and waiting outside your workplace if you don't actually um, inform the police or inform the court that the acts of domestic violence didn't stop. So if you do not take this obligation on you to actually report and go to court if, if the person do not comply with the order, then that interdict is worth the paper it's written. Because there's an interdict, as you said, the police will typically act much faster. So you yes. get quicker yeah. uh, they help will, and they will arrest that person. They will arrest uh, that person, bring him to court um, for contempt of court matters. They can also consider when, let's say, for example, they come and they take the 
I'm going to refer to the person as the accused. So let's say they come and they take the accused away because of this act of domestic violence after you have this protection order. Then they will arrest them or her, but then they will also ask you to come with and lay a formal complaint um, of assault, for example. So criminal charges can also follow from um, domestic violence incidents as well. Maybe just a final topic, interim maintenance in terms of divorces. Obviously, it's often also part of the the, the long-term fight related to yeah. divorces. One spouse would want to claim uh, maintenance from the other spouse, but in the interim, sometimes the divorce can take years to finalize, and uh, one spouse might need maintenance to survive in the meantime. Can you get interim orders? Yes, you can. So um, there's various remedies available to parties um, that they can approach the court pending finalization of the divorce matter. Now, interim maintenance is one of the circumstances where you can go to court, even if the divorce is still pending, and you apply to court with what we call a Rule 58, if it's in a regional court, or a Rule 43 application in a high court. So you apply to court interim um, pending finalization of the divorce matter, and you ask the court that the maintenance order be made so that at least you can receive maintenance either for yourself or for the kids pending finalization of the divorce matter. What can also be done, and I don't know whether a lot of people are aware of this, but you can also approach the court on the, in an interim basis for a contribution for legal costs. Now, a lot of the times the, um, the litigation costs get too high, you can no longer afford it, but you have to defend yourself in this divorce matter. So um, then you can also approach the court saying to court that, listen, I lost my breadwinner. My spouse is the person with all the money. I do not have money to actually defend myself properly. The court will consider the financial positions of the parties and then will, in most circumstances, grant an order for the contribution of legal costs. Interim orders as well can be something for um, contact, for example. In divorce matters, often the one parent will refuse contact between the other parent and the children. Then you can also approach the court saying that pending finalization of the divorce matter, I at least want to see my kids. I want to spend time with them. I want to have a relationship with them. So that's also one of the circumstances that you can approach the court with. And I would suppose with any interim order, the court won't look at everything in so much detail as opposed to the final order. Yes. So it's more they easy, will focus mainly on the allegations and, and the current circumstances and what the needs of the parties are, especially with the children as well. They will look at the needs of the children, the ability of the parents, and they will grant an order. This interim applications that we are referring to is a quick process. It's supposed to be a cheaper process as well. It, it's not always cheaper, but it is a quick process where you get instant relief um, pending finalization of the divorce. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Fulke. That's all we have uh, time for today. Remember, our email address is info at vvd.co.za. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, make sure that you tune in again next week, Wednesday, between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock, and then also on Friday evenings.